Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare her way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were coming out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, in this holy season, you come to us in the wilderness of our lives and you bring words of hope and trust and faith. Grant this day that your word may take root in our heart, that we may be drawn ever closer to you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. 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 Please be seated. In the wilderness, in the wilderness, in the wilderness, that phrase appears three times in our lessons this morning, each time a, a, a whisper that might be overlooked if we do not pay close attention, for each instance of the phrase has a different turn to it, a different nuance. Each gives us a different sense of the season. So let's begin with Mark. In this new church year that began last week with this season of Advent, it is Mark's gospel that will be our focus each week. Today we hear the opening words. Mark is going to present, he tells us, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Now the image of the wilderness was a precious one to Israel. It appears in the Old Testament more than 200 times. So why was it so significant? What was it about the wilderness that struck the heartstrings of Israel? God, 
Yeah, God saved his people. He led his people through the wilderness. Remember, they were led out of Egypt, out of bondage to Pharaoh. And then in the wilderness, for how long? Forty years on the way to the promised land. This was a people who had their very roots in those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And, and for them, the wilderness represented many different things. In some respects, it was a starkly negative image. What do you think of when you think of wilderness? Aridness, dryness. What else? Tumbleweeds. Okay. What else? Scarcity. Yes. Desolation. Hmm? It's a place of, of abandonment, really. To be in the wilderness is to be in a place of desolation and abandonment and dryness and all those things. So imagine, if you can, what it was like to be 40 years wandering without any sense of where you're going or how you're going to get there. So from that perspective, the wilderness is not a very pleasant place to be. And maybe that's why this has always been such a powerful metaphor for people of faith through so many centuries. Because which one of us has never been in a wilderness? It's an experience that we all share. Maybe not a physical, literal wilderness, but a metaphorical wilderness brought about by sickness or death, divorce, family turmoil financial troubles, job insecurity, maybe even the terrible press of overcommitted lives. All these things can be the wilderness in which we find ourselves trapped. Any experience where you just can't see the way out, that's the wilderness for you. But Mark announces the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And that voice gives hope. In the wilderness, you see, you think that you are alone, utterly alone. But there's a voice of one crying in the wilderness, and that voice means, no, you're not alone. Someone else is here. Someone is here to lead you home. And in truth, you see, that is the message of this Advent season. One of my favorite Advent hymns, I think we'll sing it during communion today, it begins like this. Hark, a thrilling voice is sounding, Christ is near, it seems to say. In the wilderness of our lives, Christ is near. In the lostness and discouragement and bewilderment we feel, Christ is near. And sometimes we're unable to see that in the moment. But in this season, this Advent season, there is a voice that cries in the wilderness and it tells us that we are not alone. It is indeed, as Mark says, the beginning of the good news. Now, go back several centuries to Isaiah the prophet. St. Mark quotes him, but you know what? He doesn't quote him correctly. He's quoting verse 3 of our Old Testament lesson, but he changes the punctuation. Now, don't look at it now. Look at it later. 
for now, just listen to me explain the difference. Isaiah says, A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. But in Mark, it says, A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. What a difference a bit of punctuation can make. For Isaiah, it's not the voice that is crying in the wilderness. It's that the voice is saying, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. And that difference is quite significant. I said that for Israel, the wilderness was a place of desolation and abandonment, and indeed it was, but it was also something else. In Israel's later history, there was a strong tendency to look back at those terribly difficult 40 years of wandering and to see God's footprints. There was in later generations a sense that those wilderness years, as difficult as they may have been, were in fact the years when Israel was closest to her God. How often have you heard someone, usually an older person, say something like this? Well, back when we were first married, we had nothing. But we had each other. And that was everything to us. I see some people smiling which suggests to me that maybe you've said those words yourself or had that thought. And that's similar to the way that Israel often looked back at the wilderness. It was a tough time, to be sure, but it was when they felt God very close to them. Isaiah, you see, makes the difficult but very profound point that it is often precisely in the wilderness that we know the way of the Lord that we come closest to the Lord. Howard Rice was for many years a professor at San Francisco Theological Seminary down in Marin County. One day after a lecture, he was asked a rather surprising question by a student. Dr. Rice, the student said, how is it that you became so very wise? And he was silent for a moment. And then his eyes began to brim with tears. And he reached down and he grabbed the sides of the wheelchair in which he was sitting. And after a moment of deep emotion, he choked out the words, multiple sclerosis. I was a pastor in Chicago. I was doing great. Things were going well. But you know what I was doing? I was living on my talent. I was preaching on talent. I was ministering on talent. I was administrating, doing pastoral care, all the things I had learned all on my talent, but when I got multiple sclerosis, I couldn't handle it because I couldn't walk anymore. I had to give up a lot of my ministry, and suddenly I stopped living on talent and started living on trust, and it changed my life. He paused for a moment, and then tears streaming down his face, he continued, I thank God for multiple sclerosis because God has used it to help me find and trust him. Amen. It's often precisely in the wilderness that we come closest to God. 
In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. See, that's where it happens, in the wilderness. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, doctor, but those who are sick. God comes to those who need him and who know their need of him. Comes to those who are in the wilderness. And so the wilderness, as difficult a place as it always is, has this other aspect. It's the place we encounter God, the place we prepare for God, the place where God comes to us. Just think of it. Israel, lost in the wilderness, desperate for food and water, and God sends manna from heaven and water from the rock. Just think of it. A poor peasant girl giving birth to a child in a cold stable because it's the only room she could find, and God takes flesh in that child and dwells among us. Think of it. Shepherds out in the fields on a bleak and cold and hopeless night, but angels come singing glory to God in the highest. Think of it. It's in the wilderness that God makes his way to us. It's in your wilderness that God makes his way to you. And then, for the third repetition of the phrase, we turn back to Mark, after quoting inaccurately from Isaiah, he tells the story of John the Baptizer, who appeared where? In the wilderness. the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And, and here we, we see what we might call the content of God's cry to us in the wilderness, the nature of preparing God's way in the wilderness. It is repentance. It is turning around. It is changing. The cartoon in The New Yorker had a familiar ring to me. A man and woman are driving through a desert, obviously realizing that they are completely lost. And she says, I knew we were lost a long time ago, but I didn't want to say anything because we were making such good time. That sound like your, your life too, Ray? It's like my life. Yeah. Making such good time, rushing so quickly, but not in any direction in particular. Maybe it's time to turn around and to change. That's the call of this season. Or maybe it's time to stop. What do we teach our children to do if they get lost? Stay in one spot. When my kids were young, the thing was hug a tree. Hug a tree. It's a simple way to remind them that when you're lost, the worst thing you can do is wander around aimlessly. Better to stop, to be still, and wait for someone to find you. And that, dear people of God, is the message of Advent. Stop. Do not rush aimlessly through the wilderness. That only leads to weariness and hopelessness. But stop now. Turn around. Open your eyes and look for the one who has promised to meet you here. 
the one who wants to lead you out of this wilderness and into his own home, into his own heart. My goodness, what a message that is to us who are so weary. It is, as Isaiah's message, comfort, O oh comfort my people. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. See, the Lord God comes with might. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Oh, that is good news in the wilderness. In the wilderness. In the wilderness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.